Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 590 KLBJ. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this morning to KLBJ. If you want to call or text, 512-836-0590. And we also have a uh, toll-free line, 877-590-5525. We have uh, somebody online I want to go straight to because they've been holding since the last show. Willie in Bastrop, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I have a... A fairly long flower bed around the back of my property that has uh, zinnias and periwinkles in them. And, of course, those are annuals that are going to die out. And what I plan to do is to till the uh, the dead, the roots and everything under, and then apply some corn gluten so that no weeds will come up, and then put uh, new plants out in the spring. And my question is, is that a good plan or not? And if it's uh, is a good plan. When should I put corn gluten out, or would you suggest something different? I know it's a great plan um, because when you till, you do bring up the weed seeds, latent weed seeds that are just, you know, laying around waiting to get closer to the sun. So if yeah. you, you know, do that, then put your corn gluten down and then mulch it real well for the winter. And I think that's a, oh, okay. a real good plan. And you can do it any time so, now. Okay, so I can do it um, now, or if mm-hmm. it's, when it gets cold and everything freezes, should I wait? Would it better to wait until then, or no? Uh, uh-uh. not really, because you got a lot of stuff that's going to want to come in there, and the uh, you know winter weeds will start coming up. We typically tell people to go ahead and put down corn gluten in the in this time of year. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right, sir. Thanks for calling KLBJ today. Now let's go to South Austin for our next caller. Hey, Bruce. How are you? Cheryl, good morning. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm, I'm so excited by this weather. At least we're having weather, right? <laughs> and water. <laughs> and right. water. That's the best part. Yeah. Here's my situation. Um, my uh, backyard backs up to a green belt. It's separated by a wrought iron fence so I can see through it. Mm-hmm. Before the trees and the foliage starts, I've got a maybe a 10-yard strip of semi-flat property in the green belt that I would like to develop with some wildflowers. I've had pretty bad luck doing that. I, I just go out and kind of scratch the soil and throw down wildflower seeds. Sometimes I try to amend the, well, I can't even call it soil. It's not even dirt. This hard scrabble back there and try to make it conducive to growing wildflowers, and I've had zero success. I'm now thinking about maybe renting a rototiller and really getting after it. And I was wondering if that makes sense and if it does... What could I do to amend this dirt back there? I would not till because just like I was telling that last gentleman, if you go out there and till, you're going to bring up every weed seed that's just been laying in that soil, waiting to get up closer to the sun. Um, 
What is growing there? Uh, weeds. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and some of them are colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've bought seeds by the pound from oh, one of the distributors. I can't call the name now, but they've got all the names for it. Texas Roadside Mix. It's going to have yeah. blue bonnets. Mm-hmm. It's going to have Indian paintbrush, what have you. And not much success. Um, well, you're uh, you're really doing everything right. I mean, the main thing is seed soil contact. But if there's a whole lot of other growth there, and you can't really get down easily to the soil by just using a soft leaf rake, okay. um, you know, just kind of scratch in some areas. The things that need to be fall planted are blue bonnets, flocks, and Indian paintbrush. They uh-huh. wanna they wanna overwinter as rosettes. Okay. All the other stuff, the coreopsis, the you know, the galardias, the Mexican hats, the you know, all that stuff um can be planted in the spring, you know, like late February, early March, something like that. All right. So, you know, when you get a mix of a bunch of different things, there's gonna be a whole lot less of the valuable stuff like the blue bonnets, the Indian paintbrush. Um, and a whole lot more of stuff like Coreopsis and Gallardia, just because it's cheaper, right? Sure. So if you're wanting to stand a blue bonnets, I would just buy Purity Blue Bonnets and, and right. you know plant them now, and uh, and then maybe you know get single species if that's your desire, right? Yeah, if you, sure. you want a big stand of yellow, then you want to get a bunch of Coreopsis and stuff like that. So all right. But yeah, the you know as long as you got some soil moisture, I mean, what happens a lot of times is you plant the wildflower seeds, they come up, they get a two or three inches tall, and then we hit a drought, and then they'll desiccate. You know, so if if you're, it sounds like you might could go through the fence with a, a hose and just lightly moisten them if we're not getting any rain. The one year I had moderate success, we weren't in a drought situation. But then again, the Homeowners Association sent their landscape through and mowed down whatever flowers were coming well, up. So, see, uh, that's your problem. If you don't yeah. have control over it, then that's what, yeah. you know, those idiots are going to do it every time. Yeah. But okay. <clears throat> maybe you could just, you know, uh, coordinate with them and say, look, is it okay if I plant these because they're not cheap, you know. It's not like you're not throwing money out there. You are. Uh, no, and really. just say, can I put up a little, you know, wire fence with a little ribbon around it saying wildflower area under development or something like that? Okay. Makes sense. All right. Okay. Good talking with you. All right, Enjoy sir. Show. Yeah. Good luck and thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. 512-836-0590. Call or text. Did y'all see that moon last night? Oh, my gosh. It was so gorgeous. We were driving in. We'd been out to Lakeway. My sister and I went out to a little dinner party out in Lakeway. And driving back, oh, it was stunning. We just had the most beautiful views. I guess that's the harvest moon, huh? Wow, was it something else. Just beautiful and of course, we got some. We've gotten some good rain this week. I'm just super excited. I feel like you know, life coming back into me <laughs> because it's been so awful. But we've got a norther coming. I'm sure you've heard. 
Um, so this afternoon, things are going to start getting colder. And then I just saw in the Weather Channel down to 39 tonight. That's going to feel really cold. Now we're going to have to put on the, the heaters, and it's going to smell bad in the house, but just for a little while. Anyway, okay, I've got a few texts that I'll get to after this first break, but if y'all want to join the show or if you have any comments or questions, 512-836-0590, that's the call or text number, and then the 877-590-5525 is the toll-free line. So anyway, we will get this first break going on here in a second, and then we'll be back, and I'll come back to your uh, texts or calls in just a few minutes. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. <clears throat> we got a, got a couple of uh, callers online, so let's uh, let's head there first. Karen, South Austin, your turn. Hey, Cheryl, good morning. Um, hey. You're talking all about how exciting it is to be out in planting, huh? So I wanted to tell your listeners about the talks and walks in the garden next Saturday that'll be all about planting fall earth. Oh, cool. What's it's the day? What's the day? Joker on November 4th. Okay. Uh, the, the session starts right down in the garden at 11 o'clock, so we recommend people get to the garden early. Uh, you just pay your admission, and the workshop is free with your admission to Zilker. And they'll just you'll get to see, oh, it just looks gorgeous right now because we've got all of the fall herbs and plants already out there. So you'll get to find out how to do it and see what it looks like right in place. It's oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, people, if it's a pretty day, especially just, you know, with now that we've had a little bit of rain, it's going to be gorgeous at Zilker, absolutely gorgeous. So... That's a not-to-be-missed uh, educational event and free. Yes, and, you know, people, we just love it. People are always asking, what's that and what's that and what do you mm-hmm. do with it? Well, we'll be down there and answering all those questions. So. Excellent. Okay, November 4th starts at 11 a.m. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. All right. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling. Bye. Letting us know. Okay, bye-bye. All right, let's go to Driftwood. Hey, Bo, how's it going? Good, Cheryl. Thank you. Um, I got a question about corn gluten. Okay. If, if you if you put it out, um, I'm kind of like that last gentleman. I got a wild area behind my fence, uh, and I do have some blue bonnets and some wildflowers back there. If I pour it, put the corn gluten out there, does that harm the blue bonnets and whatever you do want to come up? Or well, if they have not that? germinated and put on a couple of sets of leaves. I wouldn't do it yet um, because it's what it does. Corn gluten inhibits seed germination. So it's not going to stop a perennial plant from growing like if you had Johnson grass or something. It would it would prohibit the seeds that had been laid down from that perennial. But it once the things that you want are germinated and up a little bit, you can put the corn gluten down for the other stuff. So wait till I start seeing blue bonnets and rosettes. Yeah, if if you go out there and see that the blue bonnets have already come up and they're in rosettes. Now, having said that, I don't know what all you got out there, but it'll about six weeks or so. It'll keep seeds from germinating. 
Because I have Indian blankets, uh, Black Eyed Susans. Well, those uh, won't come up till next spring. So if you're, you know, you oh. should be okay on that. Oh, okay. Because it'll All only right. last, like I said, about six weeks. Only about six weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think that's it. Thanks, All right. Cheryl. Well, thank you, Bo. Appreciate your call. All right, 512-836-0590. Let's go to the text lines. Uh, let's see here. Can I put down corn gluten granules now, cover with mulch, despite all the rain? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, as long as it's mulched, it's going to stay fairly well put, right? So uh, that's a very good question, though, because when we're expecting a lot of rain, last thing people need to do is go out there and, and put down fertilizer or corn gluten or something, especially on a slight slope uh, or, heaven forbid, a steep slope, uh, because then it just ends up, you know, running down to the creek. But if you've got a flower bed or a fairly level area, you're trying to keep the seeds, weed seeds from germinating, then, yeah, you can go ahead and put it down, cover it with mulch. And that'll help. That'll be very good. So, okay, let's see. Here's another one. Um, hey, Cheryl, I think we may have seen the last of the monarchs. I spotted two on my mom's milkweed, and I know this north wind coming will send them down the road. This climate change is something else. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw pictures posted just two days ago of a ton of them in this area i never did see one and it's unusual to me because my white mist flower which they love is just budding now it hadn't even started blooming just i mean it might be today but uh didn't look at it this morning but it was just budding uh yesterday and the day before and typically it is blooming when the monarchs are traveling through. But every year is a little bit different. And I think the drought kept stuff, you know what I mean, from, from blooming when it typically would. Um, so it, it's, you know, probably they're just responding to the fact that they need to head to where there's more to eat, probably. But I hope they're okay. I mean... Okay, we're going to clean our wood deck with bold armor, which contains uh, 5.25% sodium hypochloride, which is a mold killer. It says it will not harm plants. Deck partially covers the root zone of mature live oak. Is it safe? Thank you. I, you know, I've never used the product, but I would think it's fine. Um, it's not like you're going to fill up five-gallon buckets of it and dump it on the root system. And typically, uh, you could just water it real good and, and get it down. Now, I'm just not an authority on this subject. If anybody knows about this, uh, mold armor, it says it won't hurt plants, but it's got... 5% sodium hypochloride, which isn't a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, but, you know, that is a good question because, as we all know, putting salt on the soil, not a good idea, right? You don't want to salt your soil. 
All right. Here's another text. And by the way, again, the numbers are 512-836-0590. Call or text. Or toll-free line is 877-590-5525. Here's my morning, Cheryl. It's raining in the Hudson Bend area. Should I cover my native passion vine? Yay for the rain and no for covering the passion vine. I mean, this is the thing, y'all. With these native plants, they're used to this kind of thing. And they uh, have to get ready for dormancy. So these early cold fronts, I mean, it's not like it's going to totally freeze or anything. I know it's going to get in the high 30s, but... That's here in Austin. I don't know about where y'all are out there. It's probably going to be a little bit colder out there. Um, but, yeah, we just need to let nature take its course with these natives. Now, if you have some kind of vulnerable little tropical something, something, then you need to worry, maybe worry about that. There's a lot of things that don't want to get down in the 30s uh, that will, will not be very happy at all with that so those are the things that you have to bring in the garage or bring in the house for a couple of nights right okay let's see here uh all right we got a response about the um deck cleaner that product is fine for plants and will not kill them The uh, chemical she's talking about is essentially bleach. Well, that's interesting. I, I had no idea about that. Sodium something something is bleach. All right, let's go to the phone lines and go to Northwest Hills. Hello, Susan. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Long time no talk to. Yeah, well, I, was, I hear you all the time, though. <laughs> uh-huh. um, anyway, my um, Arizona ash froze in the freeze. Uh-huh. It was a really big tree, mm-hmm. and I lost it. Mm. And I want to replace it. And I was—I tried a small bur oak, but it died. Even though I watered it every day, but it was really small. So I want to replace it with something a little bigger. And um, I was wondering what size you think I should put it in, what kind of tree. I thought a bur oak, but someone said they also get oak wilt. So maybe that's not a good idea. That, that is not correct. They're they're one of the trees that are very resistant to oak wilt. Um, the bur oak gets gigantic, and it gets those great big acorns. Yeah, I figured they'd be easier to pick up than the other. Well, they're <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Um, but they can, they you can't just mow, you know, with those acorns. But I love a bur oak. They grow very fast. Um, I w- I typically would recommend a fifteen gallon size container tree. Um, And then if you want uh, an oak, go with either the bur oak or the Mexican white oak is always good. Uh, Texas red oak uh, is good. I have a Texas red oak, and I'm not crazy over it. Yeah, well, then get you a a, chinka pin's a good one. Um, You know, there's other trees, too. There's like Montezuma cypress, there's cottonwood, there's sycamore. Montezuma cypress. Montezuma. Okay, yeah, I wrote it down. Montezuma cypress. I do. I do not want. I had. I've had cottonwood, and I do not want a cottonwood. No cottonwood. They're they're a mess. And the what, the last one was a. What was the last one you just said? Sycamore. Sycamore. Yeah, I think I'll. 
pass on the sycamore. Well, so, the oaks are always a good choice, Susan. Okay. So I would go with that. And then probably have someone plant it for me and not because it's I hard. would, because they're heavy. When you get a 15-gallon size tree, and the reason I recommend those is because they have a really good, sizable root system already. Uh-huh. And... Um, and that way, but it's a definitely not a, a an easy planting job. So I would go okay. somewhere where they will plant it for you. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from you. All right. Do Bye-bye. you know what? Uh, wait, just one wait. second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use your tilling under the oak tree story all the time as a cautionary tale. Do you remember when you did that? Um. So long ago, yes, I do. <laughs> but you had like two trillion suckers come up after you do that. After you did that, I remember you called me going help, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, thanks for a very good lesson. <laughs> All right, no problem. All right, see okay, you later. Have a good day. Okay, okay I'll bye-bye. keep listening. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah, she's a a great old client of mine. Not that she's old, but she's was client for a long time. Okay, let's do the news. I'll see you in a minute. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, here we go. If you would like to join in, you can do 512 836 That's the call or text line. And the toll free line is 877 590 Man, I saw the prettiest stand of Mexican bush sage today on the way up here um, on 360. You know where that office building is with a big old red checkmark sculpture thing up in there planting? It was just gorgeous. And noticing all the yellow bushes of the plateau goldeneye. I have them all in my yard in the woods next to my house and they're just blooming so pretty up and down 360 and probably every place I hadn't even been. Um, but they are gorgeous this year. All they needed was that little bit of rain to perk them back up, get them going. So I still have stuff blooming. I've still got my Nisacanthus blooming a little bit. Of course, the Esperanzas just won't quit. Um, the Evergreen Sumacs are blooming. And as I said, my White Mist Flower is just starting to bloom. Um, and that's one of my favorite plants in the whole wide world. So that is great. Okay, here's a text. Hey, Cheryl, happy Harvest Moon. We had Neil Young's song on last night, and it was pretty perfect. Okay, mulch. What's the best amount of mulch to put down, especially for the winter? We pulled back four inches of mulch we had down for the summer, and the soils were as dry as a bone even after our rains. Too much, I think. Would one inch be good or just compost for the winter? Thanks, as always. Well, I totally believe that because, as I've said a million times, I mean, your sprinkler has to run a long time just to get through the mulch to the soil if you're using, you know, overhead sprinklers. Uh, I've... I put down two inches of mulch for the winter and the heat of summer. Uh, it depends on what plants that you're, you know, you got. But I'm thinking two inches, and I mean, if you've if you already had four inches, maybe rake back a couple of those inches and use them elsewhere. Um, 
but I think two inches is fine, or just compost for the winter. Compost isn't going to last very long at all. Uh, it's great to put down when you're trying to encourage growth, uh, you know, for your vegetables, what have you. But just as a rule for landscape-type purposes, uh, the only reason I'd be using compost this time of year is if I was using it in a uh, if I was aerating a top dressing with a mix of composted mineral sands, you've heard me talk about that. And then it's just a little bit of it, you know, just a quarter inch. So, um, yeah, I just don't, I mean, it's the last thing we want to do is be pushing, pushing, pushing plants into the winter. Um, we want to let them start to go dormant naturally, slowly but surely. Uh, we don't want to push new growth. Uh, this is why we don't do hard trimmings on evergreens and stuff this time of year because we don't want them to try to push back out new growth because you know it's going to be 80 again probably by the end of the week. And that's going to, if we cut back stuff hard, that's going to trigger it to try to, to put back on, you know, some, some new growth, which we don't really need going into winter. Uh, okay, let's see here. Here's another text. Uh, is it okay to plant my pomegranate tree? It's been in a pot two years. Thank you. Yes, I'd plant that pomegranate tree. And if it's been in that pot for two years, when you slide it out of the pot, if it's got a whole bunch of circling roots or just really hardly matted roots, then you want to, you know, take a knife and kind of slice down cut some of those roots, loosen them up a little bit. Otherwise, they're just going to circle each other in the um, in the hole that you put them in. So if I were you, I would yeah, definitely be sure that those aren't real matted up roots. But I'd get them in the ground. Pomegranates are winter hardy. Now, you don't say what size of pot that you have it in. If it's little tiny, you know, four-inch, it couldn't be in a four-inch. I'm assuming it's at least a five-gallon, in which case it should be fine. I mean, mulch it, you know, that'll help. Okay, here's another text. Cheryl, can we still fertilize our roses, and can I plant winter ryegrass right now? Uh, yeah, this is going to cool the soil down. You can definitely start planting your winter rye. I would not be fertilizing roses they are, even if they're evergreen, we need them to kind of slow down and not put on a bunch of new growth for the winter. Uh, so I would just, if they're doing okay, I would just let them be, just make sure they're nice and have a couple inches of mulch around them. I mean, you can always put down a little bit of compost before you put down the mulch. That's not going to be like putting down a, a fertilizer on them, right? Because they're pretty, I mean, it depends on what kind of roses you have, but I'm assuming you either have knockouts or one of the really uh, hardy um, antique roses or, or earth kind roses. So, all right, let's go to the phone lines to Round Rock. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Uh, good morning. Um, yes, I have just uh, transplanted two uh, red maples. Uh, one is about 15 gallon, the other is a 30 gallon or 20 gallon. Yeah. And they came from a residential. The landscaper, the, the, his customer didn't want them, 
and I had him plant them in my yard, and I need to know what do I need to do immediately. I, I, he's given me some stuff that it's real concentrated. What is uh, it? To put, but is it? Oh, I got it on Amazon. Um, I should have looked that up before I called you. <laughs> well, but but it, it's a, it's real potent. It, it smells like vitamins. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it's a root stimulator or something like that, which would be fine. I mean, what you don't want to do is put a bunch of fertilizer down there. And and uh, if you transplant a tree, you didn't say how big they are. So uh, one is fifteen gallons. Uh huh. The other one is about the other one's about twenty gallons. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So the main thing you need to do is if he got plenty of the roots, they're going to go dormant. Yes. Anyway, so just be sure that if we go a good stretch, you know, 10 days or so without rain, that you give them a, some water. You don't want to keep yeah, them, flat. you know, boggy, but that's the best thing you can do. Okay, so will, will they turn? Will they look like the tree is dying over the winter? And yeah, they'll lose all their leaves. Mm -hmm, that's correct. They will lose all their leaves. They'll be dormant. And then in the spring, if you were successful in your transplant process, they'll put uh, growth on. Now, red maple will bloom before it puts on leaves, which is an interesting look. I love them. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'll know if I'm successful, I'll know by, by spring. Yes, sir. You sure will. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling KLBJ. Time for the last break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And as you heard, you can call 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. And the toll-free line is 877-590-5525. Oh, I can't wait for this cold front. That's going to be fun. <laughs> At least... At least it's wet out there, right? I'm just so excited about this fact that we finally got some rain. Um, so as we have, I'm watching the Weather Channel right now. We have an 80% chance of rain tonight, 90% chance of rain tomorrow, uh, but just a quarter of an inch of rain. But that's okay. We've, we've been getting some really good rain. All right, let's go back to the phone lines and go to call. Hey, Gary, how's it going out there? Fine, thank you. Uh, cold front is coming in. I just left North Austin, and it's raining heavy, and it was 64 degrees. I'm heading back to South Austin. Kyle, 67 degrees here. Really? So it's already coming. I didn't think it was coming until yep. a lot later, but you never know. Yep. A uh, question for you. I'm putting down some, uh, I'm hoping to put down St. Augustine sod now that the temperatures have cooled down. And mm -hmm. I was wondering if I should be treating that with uh, uh, liquid seaweed after I put that down or if that is not a good idea this time of the year. No, that doesn't hurt a thing. Uh, you, liquid seaweed is, is uh, it's, it's good because it has a lot of trace nutrients in it, little things like, you know, hormones and stuff that you don't get otherwise. So you're not going to hurt a thing doing that. And a lot of times if I'm laying down sod... Um, I'll put down a little compost first. It just depends on what your your soil is like and what was there before. The big no-no okay. is to sod over 
a dead sodded yard without breaking up that clay layer that the old sod came. And I'm not saying y'all have that, but uh, for anybody else listening, if if you had sod and it died and you want to re-sod, you have to be sure and, and uh, at least break up that old clay layer because all that sod has to come in on clay or it won't hold together, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, most of the uh, the grass has been picked up already. I do have a lot of large uh, acorns spread all over because it's under a Texas red oak, so I'm going to have to rake all that up before I put it down. Yeah. And then after I put that, uh, would it be okay to put um, the uh, uh, winter rye seed down on top of the sod? I would not. Okay. Because, you know, you can do it later, but let it get established first. Let's say you're going to do it, what, later this week or something? Yes. Yeah, give it about three weeks to get its roots down because if it's not well established, rye can outcompete your grass. Okay. So I'm not sure I would do it, Gary, this first year. All right. Um, that's just me, but I, I don't know that I that I would. Okay. I will not put it down then. All right. All hey, right. Thank good you luck. very much. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling KLBJ. Okay, let's see here. A couple of texts. I really thought my purple verbena would love this cooler weather. Even before all this rain, it was blooming like crazy. Now no blooms at all. Anything I can do? Thanks, Cheryl. Um, well, you know, they go through bloom cycles, and then they want to set seed. Uh, it could be that when it's uh, it gets some water, all it wants to do is put on vegetation or work on its roots. I, I don't think I'd worry about it. I think I'd just be patient and see if it wants to come back out and bloom again a little bit in November. Um, and that's probably what it'll do. Uh, I guess if you have more time than you need, you could go out there and deadhead it, cut off all the spent blooms. That could uh, create a, a more of a blooming scenario for you. Uh, let's see. He's probably talking about Super Thrive. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. That's the man that ordered something off Amazon for those new trees. Um, and I think that's probably what his landscaper wanted him to get was some Super Thrive, which is basically a, a root stimulant. Uh, let's see here. I won't fertilize the roses, but can I cut back straggly branches or will that encourage growth as it's gotten, as it's getting cold? Yes, it will, but a very, very light pruning, I, I would, you probably could get away with that if they're really super well established. I mean, this is a, this is a, uh, you know, just our first cold front. So who knows what, you know, whether it's going to freeze hard. I had somebody tell me yesterday that the, uh, we were predicted to have a really cold winter again, but I don't know. Better ask your your resident caterpillar because I don't know. All right, let's go to East Austin for our caller online. Hey, John, thanks for calling. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So, so I've been in the industry for about fifteen years, and I actually called a couple of weeks ago based on the uh, winter rye. I hear mm -hmm. a lot of calls on mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I would completely agree with you. I would never, ever put winter rye in mixed with St. Augustine grass. I would just avoid that completely. 
Uh, I would recommend it maybe with the zoysias and the Bermudas. Mm-hmm. But the only time you really want to use winter rye is if you're having erosion issues. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize you put that seed down and you're going to be mowing at least weekly, if not twice a week during the winter. Mm-hmm. And if they're not prepared for that, uh, visually it looks great, but they have to be prepared for that. And I don't think a lot of people realize <laughs> just how fast it grows. That's really good input. I should have mentioned that because it's a super true. And if you let it get too long, you're going to need to bring in some goats to get it down because it's it gets... Well, you have to bag mow it. Uh, it's usually so wet. It's just, it's your, your blades on your mower need to be super sharp. It's just overall, uh, land, uh, people who mow grass hate winter rye for a very specific reason. Uh, but I would completely avoid it. Like you said, for at least the first year of new sod growth, don't, don't put it down because then you're going to compete with the root system. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for agreeing with me. I appreciate that. And it's always good to have another but, experienced person weigh in. There is. If, if they're going to go the winter rye seed, they need to, to buy seed offline. There is a uh, growth-controlled winter rye seed that they sell. I can't remember the exact name. So you're not going to get that one, two, three-inch growth weekly, but you'll still get the green, lush look. Oh, but uh-huh. Definitely, definitely don't use it. If you're, if, you're, if you're not having erosion problems, I would definitely avoid winter rye seed. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good uh, week. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, okay. Here's some more text. Let's try to get to these. Um, watermelon vines didn't survive the furnace, but came back and set fruit. Yay. The little thingy determines when ripe, as you can see in the picture, is still lush green, not ready to pick. I guess they won't survive the cold coming Watermelon in October, who'd have thought? Yeah, I don't know if there's much future in that little watermelon. It's cute as it can be and fun, but I don't know that the the uh, this particular weather is what will do it in as much as just the cooler temperatures. It's, it may not uh, It may not ever ripen, but what the heck? It's a good experiment. Uh, hi, Cheryl. Do we need to cover citrus or move into the garage this week? Thanks. I don't think so. I think they need a little a little bit of cold weather. Some of them are more cold-hardy than others. I mean, if, you, if they're real little or real tender still, then you might move them in, um, especially if you're out in the country. I mean, we're not going to hit freezing, they say, here in town. So, But if y'all live, you know, way out, away from the concrete jungle, so to speak. You might get a little bit colder. Uh, I have a place in the yard of St. Augustine that gets a lot of sun and dies and gets taken over uh, by weeds. What can I put there that will be no maintenance, like just throwing out wildflowers or something that will squeeze out the weeds? Thank you. Enjoy the cold. Um, well, one of the things that will keep weeds down is to plant something that either outcompetes them or covers over them and keeps them from getting sunlight. A lot of times if we have a spot like that in our grass, if you take one of those long screwdrivers when it's wet like it is right now and you push it down there, if you hear chink, 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 it could be that you have a rock fairly close to the surface that if you just dig it up, uh, 
you know, you might have better luck with your grass there. But otherwise, you could put a native grass, like a or a Gulf muley. Uh, you could put a, a probably something like that whale tongue agave. That's just you know super low maintenance. But yeah, uh, some kind of a yucca. Uh, something like that. But I first see if there's a rock right down there that's baking that St. Augustine from underneath up. Uh, okay, here's another text. Good morning, Cheryl. I have 10 acres and spicewood, and I have several live oaks. I've had the property for eight years, and all the trees have looked great until two of them are just covered with brown leaves. Is that an early stage of oak wilt? No. Uh, any recommendations of things to do or wait until next spring and see how they look then? Thanks so much for your wonderful program. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think it's drought. Um, Oak wilt presents differently. Never hesitate to have an arborist out if you have serious questions. I feel like they just go in dormant to save themselves, and I would imagine that they will leaf back out if we get a good winter rain. Thank y'all for listening. See you next Sunday at 10 a.m. Have enjoy the cold front.